Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, and happy Tuesday. It's May. It's beautiful weather. I hope the weather is beautiful wherever you are around the world. It is now 5.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's not our usual 7 p.m. This is our new normal. If we're talking about new normals, this is it for Real Talk. And you know what that means. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscles, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on as well as a vehicle to drive your goals, like that proverbial Mack truck through ice cream, then check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. I am Desiree Fletcher Carruthers, and my uh, co-hostess with the mostest, I guess he's a co-host, not a test, is Kaylin Lend-Me-Your-Ear-Patterson, and together we are P4P Real Talk. And KP, hopefully, is going to be joining us here shortly. But until then, let's get this party started. You know, we have been talking about corona and the impacts of it, what seems like forever and ever. And uh, actually, tonight's show is not going to be much different. Well, it's going to be a little bit different. But we're taking a perspective from halfway around the world. we got one of our favorite Aussies on the line with us tonight who's going to give us perspective of what's been going on the uh, corona scene in Australia, or at least where he's at, but then also talk about um, a pretty fantastic program that has been going on with his company, PH360, and how they have been reaching out to anyone and everyone to help them build their immune system naturally, which is something Kaylin and I have been talking about quite a bit as well. So with all that being said, um, everybody, let's welcome Mark South. And uh, Mark, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, and we'll keep motoring on. Hi, Desiree. Thanks for having me on again. It's a great pleasure. So I'm Mark. I live and reside, work in uh, Brisbane, Australia, which is the northern part of Australia, if you look at it on the map. Uh, Nutritionist, sports coach, um, lifestyle coach, and I support professors, doctors, and everything in uh, uh, in their practices to support clients, I care for multiple areas, general, public, aged care, um, sick, sickness and health. And, uh, yeah, it's been an extremely busy time. Um, things have been quite hectic. I think there's two two ways of looking at it. There's the actual effect or exposure or touch that the COVID has had to people, and it's had it in two ways. One is by, obviously people being diagnosed uh, with the symptoms. And secondly, the response that every country has had to the COVID that has really affected the whole population. So, yeah, we're looking at, you know, around about 5 million people being affected by COVID throughout the world uh, at the moment. Australia in itself is light. Um, Just over 7,000 people. um, They've had a very good success rate of curing. Um, very much monitoring those people who have had it before as well. There is a chance of reoccurrence, but it's around about 80% of people have been cured, and we've had in Australia approximately around 100 deaths from it, which is remarkably low in, in yes. world terms. Um, yep. Remarkably low. When you're looking at you're looking at a country like you, yourselves, you know you're up to around about 90, 92,000 deaths. 
um, touched, a, you know, just over 1.5 million people. There's a vast difference in those ratios of numbers. So 1.5 against 5 million around the world, that's extremely high. Um, mm -hmm. Where you have very um, saturated countries like Italy and the UK, um, they're both around about the 35,000 death mark. Um, and the UK's had about 250,000 people being diagnosed with it. Um, so it's had this various degree of exposure and carrying around the world. And in Australia, they were quite um, positively reactive. Yes, reactive, of course, you have to be. Um, where we have a tier, we have like a federal government and state government. So some state governments acted before the federal government, federal government acted before some of the states. And these included initial things like boundary control, e.g. nobody allowed in and out of the state, uh, nobody allowed in and out of the country unless they went into direct quarantine uh, immediately for 14 days on their return to their home or, or whatever there. Um, and of course, we closed basically the country down with the exception of certain lead services, etc. And we were all restricted to staying at home, only being able to go out for food, for exercise, etc. Uh, keeping 1.5 away from everybody, um, very much in like a quarantine type of environment. But we're very lucky that I think as of yesterday, we had nine occurrences, e.g. nine people being detected with the virus, which is considerably low. So the country is in... Oh, Queensland, my state, has entered into their first phase of, let's call it a recovery, a rollout, where we've gone, we've gone now up to um, no more than 10 people in one single gathering. Um, mm. So, for instance, you can go to the beach as a family, for instance, you can have a couple of people around to your house for dinner, etc. Gyms cannot um, occupy any more than 10 people, so if there's people to run the gym as well, that's it. So... A lot of gyms will not open because when you've got multiple members, how do you actually say, oh, only you 10 can come in? So most gyms and, and places like that are still um, closed. Um, but they, they phased it out where hopefully next month it will go to 20 and in July, mid-July, if things continue, it will go to 100. So sporting events and things like that still may not go ahead, but larger groups and larger businesses will be able to get up. We've had for about a month or so um, quite a lot of shops still open, um, but there's been restrictions where only two people are allowed in a shop at one time, except in small retail places to lines and segregation and security, monitoring it in places like our supermarkets, our food stores, etc., where you're kept two metres behind the person in front of you at the till at the, at the cash out. So they were very, very reactive. The government have done some good things, such as, uh, as an example, I think the priority always is, is you've got to focus on not only the control at the moment and what they call in medical trades, lowering the curve, e.g. lowering deaths, lowering the amount of exposure, occurrences, etc., is to also think about when you roll this out. And I heard on your last show about small businesses, etc. Well, the government has been fairly well reactive by giving you know, injections of cash to employees to keep that connection with their employees, even though they may not be in work at the moment, whereby the employee is still paying a fee 
to their employees, so they keep that contact, they keep money rolling, and the business is responsible for lodging that and claiming the full funds from the government. So they've been doing some good initiatives as well, um, which, of course, cost the country millions, but you have to do it um, so that we can recover as fast as possible as well and people starting to get back to work, shops starting to open, cafes have been able to open to do takeaways, uh, some of them now have decided to open, but very limited space in there. Not a lot have done it because they're still giving takeaway meals, etc. Um, but we're starting to now be able to focus on the positives of learning from everything we've been through um, to now, you know, um, turning the corner and starting to focus on keeping controls there, but getting people back to normal life as quickly and as underneath the best controls that we possibly can. Well, that's good, and it it sounds like, you know, things are starting to move in Australia like they are in the States, and of course in the States, it's each state is under their own, um, you know, provisions as to how they're going to start to open things back up, and some states are doing it a little more quickly than others, but nonetheless, things are starting to move. Now, I know one of the big questions that our listeners always have, and especially since we know that your partner as she likes to say, is uh, Tinica Hindeman, so one of our favorite uh, natural uh, physique competitors. Um, but um, how how are you guys handling the workouts with no gyms being open? And I guess I say physique because she's she's big enough in my mind to be physique, but figure is what I should be saying. But anyway, how is she keeping all those muscles full? Well, we, we of course, um, faced it uh, quite early on. Tanika has an awful lot of um, equipment at home anyway that she uses for her remote work, like going to hospitals to rehab or to having people in their homes, etc. because she's a PT and a rehab and kinesiology massage therapy as well. So we, had, but we found she complained quite early on that she didn't have enough weight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so whilst it's very easy to create tension and things like that, so what what we basically did, we did acquire, scrounge, borrow, trade, <laughs> hire, um, things like Pilates tables and weights on people, etc. Um, so she was able to do that, but also at the same time, it's been quite healthy because just trying to find any old way to find tension. Okay, whether that be from bands, from body weight, from sand, from anything like that, that enables the, you know, you might have to increase your reps a little bit, but has been able to manage tension. So she has no bloody excuse not to train. Okay, that's all. She can even go in the garage in the bloody knickers, right? Because there's nobody there. She doesn't have to do her hair, put her makeup on, right? There's no excuse for it. So, She's been quite, you know, going back to things that maybe she hadn't used for quite a while to just keep that tension. And we just both sat down one day and says, listen, I, you know, this counting of reps is worrying about weights. Count when it starts to bloody hurt and there's your base. So she's been able, yeah, we've got, we've spent a little bit of money on equipment without question. Um, don't know what we're going to do with it afterwards. Maybe she's going to do more from home. But she's been able to keep herself uh, extremely well fit. A bit of CrossFit type of exercises, using medicine balls, crouching, 
accelerating up and pumping the thing up against our outside brick wall for the shoulders. So it's just really tested her mind, and she's been quite excited how she's remembered things that she hasn't used for a while, but certainly no excuse to not keep uh, training, that's for sure. Oh, but very it would be good, nice very to good. get back to the gym because it's about that interaction with other people as well. And it's about <laughs> having that training partner that says, I'm better than you. No, you're not. Oh, I did 12. <laughs> don't worry, I'm going to do 15. You know, it's that, that engagement that you get, that sharing, that helping of other people. So, and Jim Lightner isn't just about, her, about the others that she engages with and helps and supports. Well, and that's good. And, you know, the gyms I, actually have started to open up a little bit in in Iowa. So hopefully that's going to happen on your end as well. I'm going to interject it here real quick. We've got a couple of questions from Lionel. He was um, – I think he's doing a little bit of catch-up here. He's asking about uh, COVID in Australia. And, uh, Lionel, yes, uh, COVID um, has hit Australia, as Mark was saying, but it hasn't been quite as severe as it has been in other places. And they are now starting to slowly open up uh, the country. And, and right now, and actually I think from what you were saying, Mark, Australia was a little more strict with things than at least in the state of Iowa because we've, from the get-go, been able to have a minimum of 10 people in certain um, situations and in gatherings. And now you guys are just able to have a little bit to a spot where at least we've already been in Iowa, but hopefully in both areas, it just continues to open up even more. So would you say just real quick, communication has been really good though in the individual Australian states as to what needs to happen or, you know, different protocols that people should be following? Um, I think the protocols themselves have been very much around the isolation type of thing, which has been very well communicated. Uh, so it's about your 1.5. It's about, you know, washing your hands and this type of thing. Um, as for looking after yourself, besides that, maybe not. Um, but there's been a lot of, on the TVs, on YouTubes, updates, uh, through media, the government have been communicating very, very well. Um, of course, I work in the house sector. They've been giving out alerts or notices every bloody five minutes. So they have been very, yeah. very active. I think we have two things to look at it. Their immediate control and that immediate response. And then looking at all these type of things, because you've got some, some countries like New Zealand, they were really sharp and really quick. And they're getting a little bit of negative now about you know, how strict they were and the negativity that it's going to come financially, etc. But you've got to weigh it up. You know, if your numbers are low and they've been focused on calming the curve, reducing the potential for deaths or occurrences, how do you measure that? The thing is, is to look forward. And I think, um, you know, communicating the stage approach, what you still need to do around that structure has been has been very good, um, both from a federal and a state point of view. Mind you, I don't particularly take much notice of what other states are doing as such, because we're still refined to our own state. And my mind is still look after your own personal environment, because your environment is different from my environment. My country is different to your country. Um, but the communication has been has been quite good around about natural health and how you can ongoingly 
um, look after yourself is still quite poor, um, to say the least. But at least the immediate controls have been very well communicated. I think, even though I'm one of the biggest critics of government and their actions, etc., I think they've done a fairly good job because I think really... In, in in our lifetime, Des, what have we faced like this before? I don't think there's been something like this since the Second World War. And I'm not trying to be... But, like, it's a bloody... It's a huge thing that's affected the whole world, multiple countries. And I think, in total, in Australia, we should be happy for the position that we're in with the low numbers mm-hmm. in comparison. You know, 8,000 Australians versus 1.6 million Americans. You know, we've got to be thankful for where we live, the temperature of our climate, the effect that that has on pathogens and all this type of thing and the controls and reactions that we've done um, to have us come through. So it's easy to be critical. You also have to say, well, well done at times as well, because it's all a learning process, isn't it? How you could communicate better, what you could do next time the potential, not just taking all the negatives, but also admiring the positives from it as well. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and uh, I'm, I'm a little nervous for the people because, like you said, this is this is unprecedented in the fact that you know in our lifetime we've never seen, it. and it's the people that have lived through it. We're not asking, you know, in this country, and we've we've got plenty of information about how basically to band together without having to be together. But those people are sadly being forsaken and overlooked, and some of them written off already is already being dead. So, you know, with the isolation, the people we should be contacting aren't being contacted enough, it seems, and what I'm learning. But what I've been intrigued about, and I'll get to Lionel's question for sure, but... You know, just off the online stuff we've been doing, it's meant so much to people. And I was very surprised by that because interacting with people has been a part of my life. And it seemed like I was getting less interaction when I was doing online things. But it's just the opposite. So how has that been helping where where you guys are? And is this something, because I know we're going to uh, get more involved with that going into the future, but has that been like a stress reliever for you guys and for the people you interact with? Yes and no, KP. I mean, there's, there's an element to this that the individual has to show an interest, but, you know, to go and find the information if it's not fed to you or not heard to you as well. But I think it's affected a lot of people on multiple levels. We've had occurrences where I've heard an argument of people saying, leave my bin, don't touch my bin, or you shouldn't have people at your house, you know. So I think the frustration, people have found frustration in different areas. Um, I work in areas where it's been isolated. So, for instance, even palliative care patients that I deal with can't have family members to see them or couldn't have. You know, yeah. so emotion and stress and that type of thing are different for different people. Somebody who complains, somebody else then has an argument with them. I'm the type that says, hey, 
let's stop the argument. Let's grow as a community. I think the positives are we've grown as a community. We've helped our neighbours. We've understood. We've been sympathetic. We've been supportive. It's brought us a little... I don't want to be cinema. It's brought us a little bit together as normal people. Yes. We've had more time with our families. We've had more time with our families. We've had more dinners together. We've had more working as a family to... Uh, and as the communities to keep our interest, to keep mobile, to keep active. Um, there's been some very, very good positives from it as well, if we want to look at it in the positive light. Um, but yes, of course, you know, you, I find in my profession as well, you've got two sides of it. You've got a big focus now on personal health, which brings into things like natural Yay. medicines, brings things in like what you do in your day-to-day business uh, uh, your life how you can look after yourself how, how, how you can improve your immune system what does vitamin d do to your body and all these type of things and you've also got the others you know in the same type of pool saying our western medicine's no good our communication's no good it's too reactive it doesn't get to the core issues and there's a balance between all of that because mm-hmm. When I look at it for myself, who's, who's a natural, let's say, practitioner, I also know, KP, there's some bloody good things in Western medicine. I don't agree with it all, but there are some bloody good things in Western medicine. So it's for us to use this to educate other people and, like, just be aware that people are handling the stress or the isolation or the restrictions a little bit different. We're all different people. Uh, yes. I found that very evident. Um, I've had heaps of frustrations about people not being able to see their families or being away or me being busy or being abused because I didn't answer the phone when I was looking after someone because somebody wanted some information on somebody else. Um, it's been very, very hectic. You know, I found myself, it's the most busy. I'm working 60 to 80 hours a week, helping people, yeah. supporting mm. people being invited into their lives, talking to them about immune, talking to them about, you know, their physical nature, their emotions, their environments and this type of thing. So that has had a, yeah, people just like to talk and like contact. We're human beings. We've been restricted to some point, but there was a reason for that restriction that I hope we can understand. You know, there's a virus, it spreads. Um, Isolation is a very, very critical part of that. Um, You know, so... We've just all experienced it in different ways. And sometimes you need to release and you need to expect that the person aren't being difficult. They just need a release like we all do sometimes, you know. So, you know, the odd effort or F that or bloody hell or why can't I do this or why can't I do that? It creates <laughs> communication support and all this type of thing. So. I mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what I was, uh, what I was, uh, what, I've learned, and, you know, this, I, I don't know, I'm just a nerd, and, and environments like this always cause my brain to go to work, and it's been very true, truthful relieving or, or releasing where you're seeing that the things that were hidden in, in families and the things that they didn't want to address or, or, or basically confront are now having to be done, and so that part of the family dynamic it's it's a rough part in life, but it's something that's been held off too long simply because there were other di- distractions that could keep people from facing the reality and the truth of really what needs to happen. 
and communication has gotten much better to the people that really wanted to communicate and to the people that were basically putting on a facade at home as well as in their uh, different jobs and, and, and other avenues of life are really seeing the truth face-to-face, and I think that's where a lot of the frustration came out so fast in certain people because that's something that, you know, you've been putting off, putting off. It's almost like the honey-do list that's become the honey-you-better-do list, and it's it's just where it's such a dynamic that wasn't being confronted that it really changed the dynamic for how people were dealing with stay at home because I, I saw it and it's just amazing at how powerful time is for the people that, you know, didn't want to deal with it because the earth, whether we want to accept it or not, has improved while we've been doing this. The air is better. The quality of air that we breathe currently is is much better. And it it seems like it hasn't been that long, but it's really made a transitional shift on the, the total dynamic of the earth as a whole. I'll get back to, to get back to Lionel because this is a heck of a leap from a, for a segue. But Lionel was hearing about uh, the the financial assistance because he's a, a truck driver primarily, but he had started a little warehouse and he's he was we, he was promised I guess some financial aid and, and grants, but the paperwork was submitted, the things were signed, and it was confirmed that he was eligible. But he didn't see any of it, and he hasn't seen any of it, and it's been two months. And he was just wondering how the successful rollout for Australia happened and what did they do that might be different from the dynamic of how it, was, how it happened here in the United States. Okay, I think um, there's a few streams, and I'm not 100% up with them, but if you if you were an employee of a company... Um, the company was still going to pay you up to a maximum fee. I think it was uh, 1500 a fortnight. Um, the employee would still pay you to keep the contact, to keep the relationship, and then the government would pay the employee, the, uh, um, the business. If you were self-employed, for instance, and you hadn't worked for the fortnight, then you claim the same money. Um, if you were seen as someone critical or here for a reason, e.g. you could be American but you're working in Australia for something that is still needed post-rollout, you were also paid. Um, so it was based on the contribution to the country. So it has been. Some people, uh, they, they, they fill out paperwork wrongly or there's miscommunications, this, that and the other. Um, it um, they didn't get paid for a while until that was sorted out. But I think by doing it through employees, the government themselves didn't have to deal with so much stuff. They got the support from the business and the business administration people to keep the people it, just a quicker way to market, to get money to move around. They made the funds available as soon as Congress, the Senate uh, approved um, everything. And um, people have been seeing the money for sure. All right. So hopefully that helps, Lionel. It sounds like um, instead of the government being the driving force to send all the money out, the government worked directly with the businesses, and the businesses were responsible yeah. for 
connecting with their employees, which is vastly different than how it's gone in the United States. It has been far more of a uh, a cluster, if you will. But oh, uh, you can turn it to work, but not online. <laughs> but yes, anyway, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, another 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 reason they were able to do that is because as of last year, all businesses have to report um, the wages weekly or every pay period into the Australian government system. So there was already that structure set up there. So the Australian government already knew who who employees were um, mm-hmm. because oh, all the ability to So all of that structure enabled this to just be actioned a lot quicker. So Speed things up. Yeah, and that's that's something that doing here. And I I I am amazed. I'm, I'm truly amazed that we've got you know Silicon Valley, and for some reason it hasn't been sent to D.C. to update anything that they have on you know going right now. It's 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 sad, really. I mean, when you think about how modern we are until you talk about the, the government technology and then it's, it's basically just things done through the system but nothing done with the update of the people connecting with the very government that we're, we're waiting to hear from. I think we should be hearing and interacting on a day-to-day basis because we're far as far as technology. That's just my two cents. I'm going to pass it back to Des because uh, I'm. She already knows how I feel about that. <laughs> and actually, I'm going to shift gears on us here, guys, and move us um, forward Sorry, in a little bit of a different direction. Um, so, Mark, you, you've shared with us that you are a nutritionist. You're a you're a coach. You you are many things in the holistic in the holistic <laughs> realm. Um, and uh, what I want to talk about is PH360, so one of the organizations that you support, they um, rolled out a program with a, an immune-boosting protocol free to anyone um, who wanted to take part in that um, to help uh, build up their health during this whole COVID uh, pandemic that we've been living through. And I would really like to hear more about that program and maybe some of the protocols that they were recommending and just talk about um, the whole aspect of, bu- of boosting the immune system. Because while while there are some very brilliant things in Western medicine, Western medicine is also part of the challenge not talking about boosting the immune system and really only talking about the vaccines that go along with it. And I really think it has to be a two-pronged approach. Um, you, got, you have to have both in order for, I think, any medicine to be really effective, if it can be effective at all. So do fill us in on what was going on on that front and some of the work you've been doing to help individuals boost their immune system. Okay, yeah, well, the protocol, I mean, the the scope of it all is to not just improve stress resistance, neurological degeneration, inflammation, but to really, you know, mount up the ability to respond to any pathogen outbreak the body has, e.g. your uh, immune system. So 
we put together through the professors and the doctors protocols for people to be able to go into um, and to get the feedback as into the structure, the reasons, the whys, both scientific, but more importantly, uh, the applicational side to them as to what they can do for themselves right now. You're right, it was uh, a free gesture. Well, it was free. There was no charge for this. You could go on log, do all the uh, analysis that's required and be given foods, practices, your environment, etc. that's going to help support you um, to raise your immune system or to be more focused on your immune system. So it's not just it's about this, it's about the it's about the foods that are best for you because um, you may have a medical condition, you may have some other deficiency. We can't ignore that. So, for instance, uh, if you're a person with a with a bit of an inflammation in the tummy or a bit of a tummy upset, you may not be given venison or something like that, uh, or bison for for your zinc. You might be given salmon. So it what foods best suit you as an individual, a person, um, and which also goes into your, um, which will improve your immune system as well. Very, very personalized. So it's not like a protocol for all, even though the protocol may be these elements um, or say zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, acid, etc. They may be a protocol as to how much you need per day, but where you get them from will be tailored on your body, your condition, uh, your current health at the moment, uh, your current activity levels, etc., and also about your environment. So, for example, vitamin D is always great to get it from the sun, but if you're in a place where it's winter, it's cold, there's not that much sunlight, what can you do to get your vitamin D? There's plenty of solutions there for you um, to go in and to say, right, I'm going to select that one and I need to you know, eat X amount of this for you know, every day and I've got my vitamin D to complement my immune, for instance. So we've seen thousands, tens of thousands of people have engaged on it. Um, I possibly, you know, I've been working 12-hour days with my full-time work and then supporting outside, and it's probably taken me four hours a day to keep, you know, going back to people, planning their menus for them who need a little bit extra help or their lifestyle plans. So it's been extremely well um um, I would say supported and utilised, which has been which has been a tremendous thing to see. Um, it's raised the knowledge on what can be done post. You know, we have all types of we have influenzas, we have everything like that. But the immune system, the ability to yeah look after yourself. Um, to really neurologically, physically, mentally, everything else like that. It's been, yeah, it's been very, very powerful. We've got a lot more eating. And um, it's not old information. It's um, just not being presented in this type of way where people can go to and actually get all the information they want. Um, you know, Chinese medicine, which is a very big part of natural health, um, whether you like the Chinese or whatever or agree, you know, it's just centuries old. It's not new. We've known all this stuff for years. It doesn't fit in with Western protocols because it's not educated to doctors. So it therefore doesn't become a practice of doctors. We have dietitians who are clinical clinical in the sense that's what segregates a dietitian from a, from a nutritionist, but they don't see the public that often. It's a very weak, as in participated type of sector. Um, when you go to and from a doctor's, you don't see a dietitian on food. When you go to a hospital, you will get a printout. 
uh, and it's a yeah. generic printout. So people now have factual science, but related into a user-friendly environment that you can track, have at your fingertips, because we need to, we, we need to make use of IT and how it communicates, how it gives exposure, how it makes uh, visibility of communication and data available for everybody, because that's very much part of the interaction and the support um, that you would want if you're looking at yourself. Um, and it's tailor-made for you as an individual. We live in a society where we don't go to core issues. We talk about big things like calories, etc. You know, calories is the mad thing in the sports industry. They're not wrong, but they're looking at body composition. They're not looking at total health. I'm not being rude. I work in those sports industries as well. But when you want to know what to do for your pancreas, your liver, your immune system, your neurological, um, your digestion, your inflammation. This is when you're asking what foods, what activities should I take? How does my body genetically and cellular respond during the day? How does it operate? How can I link my eating or my sport or my activities or my focus with how my body is naturally meant to naturally designed to port. So it's just putting it in a layman's terms, which has been very, very effective, and we've tested it because people have come back with tremendous results. Um, people have gone to the extent of doing blood tests and seeing a dramatic improvement um, through just following the protocols, but then the foods that are best for them, the availability of it, etc. So it's been marvellous, Des, to answer your question. I'm extremely positive and impressed by the engagement, the knowledge and the application that people have actually done and also the, the point that people have raised their health consciousness for themselves. Mm -hmm. This, this is a, a big thing. And, and for too long, too many people have heard about, oh, there's an alternative or what's the alternative or I did this or I did that. Now they can go somewhere where the information is available. It's just a case of finding it, going and have and the big point of having it free of charge is that that creates engagement, less stress, less worry, less commitment. Um, and it's available because I think as a community, we should be all here to support each other, irrespective of whatever we are, wherever we are in the world, and share information that you know, can help help us all. Agreed. Yeah, I thought you okay. were jumping in. Please do. <laughs> I, I wanted to, but I wanted to make sure that he, he was finished. Because he's, he's, he's bringing up some great, great points, and I did not want to interrupt that. Um, one of the things, and and, uh, and Jake is, is, is pointing out something that, that crossed my mind as soon as he said it. Um, we have a slight problem of, of big pharma, and they don't like the information that you just expressed. So it's it, it, it's almost a battleground when you start talking about pushing good health because it doesn't help their stocks and bonds. So to engage that kind of information, I don't think we'd ever be able to set up a platform where it was free because you know. The, when you start getting people healthy, then they're not spending the money on the, the pharmaceuticals. So that's always uh, we, 
I have caught some flack simply for sharing about the stem cell research with other things. So it's 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 going to be interesting. How how does that market work there, where we could find a soluble solution here that at least get it started or get the ball rolling? Because the minute you say free, I mean, ooh, my goodness, you're you're going to have some kickback from there. So how could we come up with a successful format that would uh, help in this region? I think I think there's two things. I mean, it was free for exposure and good gesture, but it was also, you know, and this is real talk. It's also for yes, yes, the company's exposure as well. You mm-hmm. cannot build and maintain something unless you have a balance in your economics and your users. Right, it has to have a purpose, a use, and a positivity from it. And even if it's a non non for profit, you do need income coming in. So I'm not saying that the 30 day thing will last forever because nothing lasts forever. And we all know economically, you've got to keep. You know, information comes in every day. We have we have people who study all the data from researchers around the world that gets published, um, so that the data is kept up to date as much as possible. Um, so you can feel secure in the data that you have is the most recent and the most uh, applicable to you. As in pharmaceuticals and all this type of industry, you know, we just have to face fact that this is one hell of a huge engine. This is billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. It's growing mm-hmm. so much. We see supplement companies now coming out of our e-rolls. Um, you know, um, nothing will ever beat Nothing will ever be a good meal. Um, but the thing is for me is that I, I, it's, it's, it's no different in America. It's, it's, it's the world. It's, it's how we're shaped. But the one thing is we don't look at core issues. We're reactive. We have a solution, yeah. not a prevention. We look at symptoms. Okay. We look at symptoms. But, but from my point of view, as much as I know about, let's say, study about I know a lot about cannabis. I know a lot about steroids. And I have to know a lot about steroids because it's in Western medicine. It's quite rife how, how much it is. It's quite rife when you have something like we've had this outbreak because it accelerates. It's, they are in the highest risk category of steroid user than anybody else on the planet. They can they can be 70 years of age in relationship to that because the steroids escalate. So we know all about these things, but we have a chance to say yes or no. So anybody comes to me, says to me, oh, you're in bodybuilding. Could you help me with steroids? The answer is no, I don't deal with them. Um, I wouldn't deal with them in a medical practice neither because I'm not qualified to deal with them, plus they're not mine. But the thing is, I can't help on my own how the world thinks, but what I can do is focus on what I believe in, what I get results in. So I'll keep pushing, and I'm very, very happy that I'm enjoying my life to do what I'm doing, and that's my focus. So the environment around me, if I let that affect me, I wouldn't practice what I practice. And Mm -hmm. the people and the board have to be louder than a tick in the box, e.g. we all have the capabilities to speak, we all have the capabilities to vote or to ask questions or to have more interest. When people start to feel better, when they can play better, when they can spend better time and feel naturally healthier because they're doing something that they get this feeling, this is what you want 
Um, you want someone to participate in something that feels good. Okay. And once they feel good, they will believe in it. They will carry the strength of it. You know, it's very much like if your Bulls fans over there have a defeat on the weekend, they feel bad. If they have a win, they feel good. But they might still be whinging about, oh, that player didn't play that well. So it's, I just have to focus on the interaction, the sharing, um, that communication with the next person that I meet, a clear understanding, a clear commitment from both and support. And it will go through because these things aren't old. You know, in China, I mentioned that again. Every kid knows about Chinese medicine, but every kid goes to a Western doctor. Okay, it's just the way life is, but if the doctors closed, they would know what to utilize for something. So the education, the knowledge is not there, and we shouldn't be restricting people from their ability um, as a right to choice, a right for risk um, in decision making. It's more about being open and honest with each other as to what the potential is and having someone with the understanding to be able to diagnose and support and to coach people in what is best for them. So I don't, it's going to be difficult to answer you, KP, but I don't think it should stop people from making the options available to other people because we still have a dignity of risk. We still have our own ability to make our own choices. Yeah, and you, I mean, you bring up so many great points, Mark, and I know we're getting a lot of questions from listeners about, uh, they, they pick up on the controversy real fast. Um, talking about big pharma and, you know, basically saying how come so many know about their corruption and yet feel no need to fight against the machine. And just quickly, I would offer that there are a lot of people out there trying to fight against the machine, but they are quickly shut down, ostracized, run out of their profession. Um, it's not that they aren't trying. There's just not enough of them with enough money to make enough of a ripple effect. But if you practice what Mark South is preaching, and that is making the difference that you can make every single day, then it's those small steps that really can change the world. And I'm going to get this quote incorrect, but I know Maya Angelou says something along the lines of, you know, do what you know how to do, and then when you know better, do better. And, and that's really what it comes down to. And I feel like Mark has really hit it on the head as, you know what, we can't control what everybody else around the world is doing. I can only control what I'm going to do. And as for me, I'm going to do what I know or I believe to be right or to be best. And that's kind of what it comes down to. Uh, Kaylin, your thoughts on that? Well, the, the question really sticks to me because the, I remember I was a kid when I had the movement. And we were just basically got people going through the times. And it was just amazing because the lady said something and it stuck. Because she said, you know, people say that, you know, uh, one person can't make a difference. But she said, those are the only people that have. And so, you know, if if we think as individuals we can't come as a group, then we're selling our our support. And... It only takes that one person with the right mindset, the right identity of who they are, and the ability to speak the heart. 
And that's what changes everything because corruption can only speak profit. But, you know, love comes from the heart, and that touches the heart. So if you want to make a difference and you really want to make a difference, you know, have some snickerdoodle protein in your oatmeal and get out there and share some love. Uh, not- <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> No, it's it's uh, me being like a agricultural lover, a food lover, a health lover. You know, it's it's a, a depth wish to actually start thinking about things. Let's take our bread, for instance. It used to be nutrition. Now we have so-called scientists who made uh, genetic changes to our wheat um, for the purpose of longevity and volume, with nothing nothing to do with nutrition. Yes. We see we see fast food restaurants that we all participate, absolutely zero to do with nutrition. Yet they're raking the money in left, right and centre. We have pharmaceuticals where there's a positive, a control, but maybe potentially an offset as well. You know, it's up to us as individuals. Nobody comes into my house and starts attacking my family because I'm here to support them. And that's just my mentality that you have a right to your opinion I do not have the right to tell you what to do, but I have a right to make decisions for myself and for my um, for those people around me. When someone comes to see me, I'm committed to you unless, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Um, and I think that us just realising that we do have the ability to make decisions, we do have the ability to get more information, ask questions, not get upset with people who think otherwise or whatever, uh, and start making decisions about us. The good thing about this COVID is, you know, and there are some good things, whilst we've all been separated, we've learned what's important to us, whether that's going to the gym, whether that is spending time with mum and dad. We've learned what's truly important to us in our lives, which is a very big health factor because when we're happy, we're happy. When we're happy, we're not stressed. When we're happy, we're not suffering from inflammation. When we're happy, we don't have hormone imbalance. Um, so we started to learn what's, what makes me tick. You know, I've been lucky because I've been able to interact, which is what I do. Tanaka, who likes to move, hasn't moved enough. Shit, I've got to get back to the gym. I've got to go running around the bloody block. You know, I've got to go chasing ambulances and police cars. Oh, dog, there's a dog next door. I take that dog for a You know, it makes you understand what, what those real key elements are in your life that you've missed that have been important to you, that you want to put back into your life. And how and those just fall into the same description. And I'm, I'm a strong believer that the government works for the people. So if you don't like what they're doing for you, you're putting them there. Yes, we are very much short on choice sometimes. But if we start speaking a little bit more, then maybe we might get heard a bit more. But do it in a nice type of way with facts. And there's plenty of facts about Plenty of facts about. You know, most definitely, three oysters a day is your zinc component. No, no doctor on the planet can, or scientist can say that's not true. They've found it a thousand years ago. Um, so we just need to keep bringing this stuff to the forefront, keep practicing, keep feeling good about ourselves, keep wanting to feel good about ourselves, saying no to certain things that we don't like in our lives. Um, getting rid of rubbish that just weighs us down or gives us that feeling of negative or brings on stress. And 
I think we will, will, you know, we've shown that we can help each other, and that's what I think we really need to learn from. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Um, in the last couple minutes here, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us on a whole other direction again altogether. Although it's not totally out of the ballpark, but from uh, what you've seen and heard from the natural bodybuilding organizations in Australia, um, how are things going on that front? Are promoters still planning shows? For later in the year, um, are athletes still training? Uh, how is that being handled? Well, we've been very, very busy, and we're not the most active in the community of bodybuilding ourselves, even though, of course, we have a strong competitor in the household. Um, and I do support athletes bodybuilders, yet people are still training. I think everybody is waiting for, you know, throughout the whole world, uh, Australia included, as to when, let's say, group gatherings can occur. We're proposing in Queensland, you know, 100, maybe mid-July. What it could be in August, September, we would only hope that there's an increase so that we can hold such events. Um, we are a family that puts on our calendar Olympia every year. It's a family holiday. It's a, a time. Uh, we need that on the calendar for Tanaka to have uh, the knowledge that she's going to be with her friends and she's also going to compete. Um, and I think a lot of other athletes are of the very much the same mind um, that it's, you know, it's doing as much as they possibly can. But you generally find, I feel, from helping people and discussions that this bodybuilding, this fitness, this this motion, this activity is part of their lifestyle. So it wasn't something that was going to go away. Um, they're still going to keep doing it, sharing videos and doing things, you know, where they're, they're demonstrating they're still doing it. And very much being prepared for when the green light goes, I feel. Some may feel that they're slightly below because they haven't had those big weights to push and to cram and like that. But I'm sure as hell they haven't lost much of a physique neither. Um, and I think it's, yeah, everyone's... I haven't heard of any confirmed dates. They're all scheduled and proposed, just like the Harley is ready for Olympia. Um, you know, it's very much... But people are still active, uh, still looking after themselves and their sport and their lifestyle that they want to do. Um, and we're just waiting for governments to give clearances, really. And I think everybody is basically set and ready to go because their structure hasn't stopped. Their structure didn't fall down. It was just the ability to do it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and the one thing that I'll keep uh, reinforcing and reiterating is that they have to talk to the people. I'm, I'm looking at everyone trying to come up with a plan that involves the people without interacting with how it affects them after the decision. And that is what government is about. So it, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a great chasm, there's a great divide. And I know if we sat down over some snickerdoodle oatmeal, we could work things out a lot faster. <laughs> and there you, you have it. Have you, have you tried that? <laughs> Have I tried what? Have you tried sprinkling your snickerdoodle on spinach or stir-fried veg with a nice fillet steak or anything, or no? You don't. Uh, you just I've have tried it, it on uh, the, what, what is it? Uh, the rice. I've tried it in rice, and I've tried it in uh, 
there was something green. Oh my uh oh, my, my green. Yeah, you reminded me. I still owe I, I still owe you that cheesecake recipe. <laughs> you guys so mark thanks so much for joining us this evening or morning where you are so mark had just finished breakfast for his uh ladies before he jumped on the line with us so we definitely appreciate you starting your day with us and uh, please give them all kinds of hugs from us and um well uh we got to have you back because there's so much nutrition that we need to dive into and so many fronts that uh you are well-versed in that you might not normally get from um, a nutritionist. So I always appreciate your perspective. So thanks for joining us today. And, uh, you know, we hope to see you at Olympia this fall. We'll just have to wait to see how things go. There you go. Yes, it would be very there good to see, uh, to see everybody. That's for sure. So I uh, and I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. And since I feel like we've already had our snickerdoodle shout out, and I feel like what? we're going to be getting some recipes on how to um, mix snickerdoodle in with the uh, vegetables and steak. But uh, until then, until oh wait, hold on, hold on, we've got a special guest here that wants to say hello. Hello, Kaylin. Love you. <laughs> That's a shout out for my mom. Kaylin. Oh my goodness, hey mom. Everybody does love Kaylin. So on behalf of everybody else that loves Kaylin, Snickerdoodle in your veg, all of our favorite Australians, Lunch and Tea for Pea Muscle, Kaylin and myself, and Mark South and PH360 and building your immune system. Yeah, I hope you guys got all that. And And mom, mom, your body is a temple, so let's build it.